Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Living Open Podcast. Today's episode is on ceremony and healing through somatics with Annabelle Koo. And shout out to past guest Marika for recommending that I reach out to Annabelle and I'll link to Marika's episode in the description as well because it was also about somatics and it's definitely related. So Annabelle uses she they pronouns. They are a psychotherapist, facilitator, interdisciplinary artist, and writer dedicated to cultivating holistic collective healing and social justice. They're also a queer, non-binary, diasporic Chinese person, and their lived experience has moved them to help other marginalized people to process intergenerational pain and fully embody one's power and worth. So they offer somatic therapy for BIPOC, ceremony and worship, worship, oh my god, (laughs) workshop, facilitation, unpacking that later. Um, and a podcast via Kayin Spells and Skills, which is a portal for healing and training for embodying the magic of personal and collective liberation. And of course, you can find the links to get in touch with them in the description as well. So we talk about Annabelle's journey with healing and somatics, coming to believe something through experiencing it in your body, creativity in the body, how their interest in ceremony, ritual, and spirituality came about, the importance of ceremony and ritual, doing ritual only when you feel moved to do ritual, not from pressure from Instagram or whatever, (laughs) somatics and collective liberation and collective healing, embodying body and mind at the same time, the uncomfortable middle ground in healing, practicing being with what is totally intolerable, fear of stepping into painful places, and working through the shame of being where we actually are. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I also have some other links for you in the description, which are to the Religious Trauma Workbook, a 110 digital page digital workbook full of prompts, reflections, rituals, somatic exercises, and meditations specifically intended to support you in deprogramming and healing and reclaiming um, from dogmatic religion, and a religious trauma meditation album that can go along with that or be a totally separate thing. And I also am wanting to share more of my poetry here and more of my poetry is getting published um, before my poetry collection comes out in whenever it does, spring. Um, So there's a link to my poem, Breakfast Poem 2, in Orange Peel Mag, also in the description. Check it out and enjoy. So I always like to start the show by hearing about your journey. So I would love to hear about your journey with healing and coming into the work that you do now. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of hard to summarize, but it's been (laughs) a bit of, I think like a journey, like at first it's like, you don't even know that you're on one. (laughs) Um, yeah, in terms of, yeah, there's, there's all these pieces of like things that I'm doing now that, um, have sort of just shown up in different parts of my life. I feel like, um, like 
especially art and creativity. Like that's something that showed up really early on in my life, like as a kid. Um, like I made a lot of art and I made, yeah, just like a lot of things um, in terms of like crafts and stuff <laughs> as a child. Um, and yeah, I feel like that was kind of like the seed. Um, and there was sort of like this period of time where I guess I got to do that because I was a kid. But then like, <laughs> you know, things change and you get older. Um, I think, you know, for my parents, they really didn't want me to pursue art as a profession because for them you know they're just really worried as immigrants like okay what's the most stable um most predictable route and for them it, it was probably like working for a large entity <laughs> that would take care of you I guess the way like parents would um that's kind of how I understand it now but um <laughs> yeah so I didn't get to like I feel like I put that away for a really long time. And then, um, you know, just thinking of when that started to come alive again, that kind of led to some other stuff um, like facilitation and writing and being a therapist, um, I think was through a couple things. Um, one of them was the Allied Media Conference. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it already, but um, it's been happening for a number of years in Detroit. And it's um, this incredible gathering of um, different people using media for um, movement building in all sorts of amazing ways. And um, when I first went there, like, um, yeah, it's hard to describe because it's like on paper, it sounds like sort of what a conference would be but like when you're there there's like this magical feeling and that's like the best way I could describe it <laughs> um and I like didn't understand it like for a long time like what that even was like I couldn't even understand like I don't know basically it's just like this experience of possibility and like reimagining like entire ways of being and of course like Detroit is this incredible place to be able to do that um and so I think that like oh well like woke something up in me um and that was probably in um I don't know 2016 no that, that's not true wait I don't know what is that um, <laughs> yeah before 2020 which was yeah around kind of um yeah no it was earlier than that I can't even remember uh, <laughs> but I know that I went for like all of my entire 20s um and that was huge um, in terms of, yeah, just like imagining possibility. I think that kind of opened like a portal. And another thing I noticed was um, this other program I did that was like a dance intensive program mm -hmm. by this um, QT BIPOC uh, dance collective called Ilnana Diversity Dance Company. And they totally changed my life. And <laughs> Oh, I'm remembering the connection now. So yeah, at the AMC one year, like there was a healer there um, to kind of like sign up to um, meet different healers and stuff. And um, there was someone there who told me that it would be really important for me to dance um, in terms of like moving trauma through my body. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how I, what brought me to dance and do this program. And um, I'm still friends with some of the folks that um, I did the program with and some of the teachers that I had and 
it kind of, I don't know, something happened. Like, I think really the including the body was like sort of the last piece mm-hmm. and understanding what is possible. Like, I think that's a really big part of like why I went into wanting to focus as a, as a somatic therapist is like having that that experiential piece like not just believing it in your mind but like like how do you come to believe something like it's usually because we experience it and so I feel like yeah through those two things like I think those were kind of like you know the portals that kind of brought me through into understanding that I actually was on a journey and so you know I don't know all these pieces kind of came together like kind of the artist piece led to like writing um so the facilitation I kind of picked up through working in community radio, which was actually a big part of my life. <laughs> um, and I just loved um, helping folks like learn how to use um, like the technology and different techniques. And um, it just was like so cool to witness people learning things like in real time and mm-hmm. getting to see people do these like incredible things that, they just like needed like they just needed like one like moment to just be oriented to a thing um and so yeah and then psychotherapy yeah that that was kind of the most recent piece that um came about after the dance program in terms of yeah like healing through the body so yeah that's kind of like the shortest way I can describe (laughs) my journey without taking up like five more hours but yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know if that's yeah that made fun but absolutely thank you for sharing there's okay there's so much I want to unpack there around what you said about experiencing in the body and I feel like that really made something click for me and was really profound and beautiful but I think first I want to ask you about a very unformed question about like creativity and dance like they're I feel like there's something really interesting in what you said about like this healing through the body that happens in can happen in dance, but also like that can be a creative practice. And I don't know, do you have any thoughts about like creativity and the body? Yeah, I mean, I just miss dancing so much. I actually haven't been dancing a lot. <laughs> um and I feel like, yeah, it's, um, like, for me, when I learned how to dance, like, I just didn't, I was, I just realized, like, I wasn't actually connected to my body, like, all of my body. Like, I'm sure there was, like, one concept in my mind of what that was. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like creativity, like, when I got into my body, it's it just, like, where there was a lot of grief like it there was like all this stuff that I didn't know I was even carrying like in my actual body (laughs) Mm -hmm. um like in terms of you know that shows up as like tension or you know sometimes you know we all kind of have like oh this is part of my body like it's like either it's injured or it's always kind of inflamed like usually that's kind of the holding trauma or like it's just the way we've had to survive and I think when you're sort of like confronted with that in a supportive way <laughs> it has a space to move out of you and that um I think that made way at least for me for creativity like I just felt like probably I was blocked and I didn't notice until 
that happens. So that release happens. And I think, um, yeah, it's, that's kind of what is cool about the body and dance. And it's sort of unconscious. Like we're not aware of these things always, but it exists. And so kind of bringing that into my awareness is huge. And I think I really, I miss with like the play involving in dance. Like I guess in, depending on where you <laughs> learn to dance or where you dance, like it can be really rigid, I guess. But I feel like the way that I got to learn and dance, which I'm really grateful for, was sort of like outside of the box and not institutionalized. And um, yeah, it was just all about being as authentic as you wanted to be and playing with also like, maybe not, yeah, like not also playing with like, not being authentic where you're like I'm gonna try this on or this kind of energy or I'm gonna do this and like it doesn't have to mean anything like it's just kind of um experimenting in a safe way that um yeah you can make mistakes and it's kind of just like I think in a creative space it's, it's not like there's no right or wrong that would kind of I feel like created a lot of space for like embodying that because I guess like that's what life ideally should feel like like you know there isn't a better wrong we're just like trying different things and we're feeling it out <laughs> um and yeah and it and it, it's profound like it's not just a concept like you're actually moving energy through your body in the process and, um it's actually kind of cool too in terms of coming up with ideas like I feel like I used to be really in my head in terms of like coming up with an idea of like, making a thing and I think thinking a lot about like the product, like what's it going to look like? What do I want it to be versus like following like a, an explore, like an exploratory dance route to find. It, it's more about the process. Like, like, I don't know what it's going to be. I'm just literally following what my body wants to do in the moment. Um, and I kind of forgot that in terms of art making like, um, like just following it at first like it's not gonna be pretty most of the time. <laughs> at least for me I'm always like so scared of what happens <laughs> like what comes out is like it's not like pretty it's like really raw and um yeah I feel like dance kind of helps me embrace that that that's kind of like you don't need to know you just kind of need to I guess listen to your body so yeah I always feel that too that like this is coming on me and it's like not cute. It's not cute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it requires, I feel like so much presence to be able to actually meet like what's coming up for you in the moment, follow those threads and embody that and just like, let that be what it is. Exactly. And it's like, it's not about being pretty, I guess. It's just like, what is your truth in this moment? Yeah, and why do we, like, when you say that too, I'm like, why don't we think that things need to be pretty and polished and <laughs> and fully formed when they, like, emerge from us? And, yeah, they don't. And I think play, what you were saying about play, feels so healing, too. Like, my, um, my partner and I are taking a wheel-throwing class, and we're learning how to throw on the wheel, and it's so fun and they're actually gotten really good at it in one class but 
they're a sculptor. So that's like not even a fair comparison, but like, I'm not good at it. And it's just like so fun to be able to just like have my hands on there and be like, this is not to make something perfect, but this is to like play and see how it feels and see what happens for me and what like weird thing I can make and like how cool that I'm going to make something and be able to glaze it and maybe like have it in my house or like eat from it or whatever comes up. Um, and it just feels, and on the way home, we were just like, like it felt like it really like unlocked something in like an inner child way. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so cute. It was just like such a like fun, playful experience. And it felt, it just felt deeply embodied too. It's like working with your hands so much. And I'm more of a writer and a poet. So it's less of like working with your hands. Um, yeah. So it was really cool. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Like, and it's it's like I feel like there's also a lot of surprises that happen with um, pottery. Like, I don't know. I did some as a kid, and like sometimes it just flies off the wheel and goes it flies <laughs> against the wall. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. That's like pretty surprising. I don't know. It just like I, it's fun, and and it's also like the experience. Like, I don't remember things what it what like I don't remember what I made what it looked like at the end per se, but I just remember the feeling of like. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Working with the clay and that's worth something. Yeah, that's such a good point. Cause that's like what it's about. Also, <laughs> I'm like not taking a class so that I can like make something specific, but just so I can like have the experience of yeah. working with the clay. That's what feels exciting about it. Yeah. I'm curious too about how your interest in ceremony and ritual came about and if you have any like spiritual or religious background in your family that connects you to that or yeah where did where does that uh come in for you yeah I can't it's just like I I was never taught a certain way to do ceremony I guess I I mean it's like I mean I was trying to think of it and like um yeah my family wasn't very religious per se but I know like um I was trying to think of like the first time when I started to get into this more and I don't know when I was a kid I just remember we went to a family friend's house and they said grace before dinner and um I don't know it kind of blew my mind and then when we came home like I just remember asking if we could say grace before dinner and my parents were like sure and then they kind of would always like have me do it um which is really nice I feel like I didn't like I wasn't a very like I was like a pretty quiet kid so it was kind of cool to like have this space where like um yeah I kind of got to say whatever and I didn't really prepare it like I just remember being able to um yeah, just like feel out the vibe <laughs> and mm-hmm. kind of just like say something that I think everyone was like feeling, um, something, you know, that was around gratitude and um, bringing us into the moment. And I just remember as a kid, like loving that. And um, I also love writing greeting cards. Like I just mm-hmm. thought it was like, which I feel like it's kind of like spell work for kids <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it's just so true. It's unfiltered. Like, I mean, I guess the way that I I like to write cards is just like this is your chance to be as 
like true as possible. <laughs> like you don't have to be like hide. You can just be like enthusiastic and um, sweet, I guess. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My background in it is just kind of like randomly seeing this other family do this thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like um I don't know it's kind of like it probably built up over time in terms of all these things like um with dance and the people around me um learning more about traditional like practices all over the world and in my culture um but it's hard because for me like I have like my like part of me is like I wish there was like this manual that was like handed down to me from this like magical ancestor <laughs> I have that is like here you go and I know people are like oh I learned magic through like my grandparents and like I was trained in all these ways and like for me I didn't really have that and so like in my mind I don't know it's kind of like just very subconscious I guess like channeling or just like feeling things out and a lot of it is just like actually for me my experience is like just feeling really lost with it like I don't know if like I feel like the more I say that the more people I meet who resonate with that um and I'm trying to like embrace that more because I think it's been a big like yeah like a pain point in my like ceremony um journey especially like you know recently kind of stepping into that more and um like telling people <laughs> that I want to do more ritual and ceremony like together or also like facilitating that for others um and so yeah I feel like um yeah there's a lot of like grief work that goes with it at least for me um, cause I don't have the answers of how to do things in a really specific way. I'm kind of like piecing it together based on things I'm learning now, like as an adult, um, versus like growing up in it. Um, and I'm sure there's like ways I did learn about like sacredness and stuff, like in these like, um, implicit ways growing up, but, um, yeah, I think I just was always really into it, like as a kid, um, which is, I think, speaks to like that intuitive element of ceremony. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was thinking like how <laughs> like to describe it, and I feel like it's just I really like how with ceremony, it's like our rituals, we're just really taking our our desires and our dreams really seriously. Like, mm-hmm. usually, it's it's like it's to mark things that are actually happening but also like there's an opening that it's like a containment and an opening at the same time and it's just like it's really nice like it's just like um a reminder that like we we matter like these our dreams matter our desires um and it's important to kind of pause and mark this and make it kind of like a thing, <laughs> like to integrate it and as, as like, you know, certain things are possible um, and you can kind of do them together. And I think I really like that, like stopping time feeling as well. Like, yeah. um, 
I don't know if that's like in the rule book <laughs> ceremony, <laughs> but like I that's one of the like romantic things I like about ceremonies. It's like it feels like we're just stopping time, and I feel like in terms of yeah, like the capitalist system and you know the way that we're always being rushed to move forward, and there's like a lot of momentum to produce. It's really I feel like radical to to stop time and to be like this matters and it's worth um yeah just being really like savoring and enjoying the moment instead of just like skipping ahead to the next thing um mm-hmm. yeah I feel like I can kind of like go on <laughs> for a much like a yeah. lot longer I actually forget what the question was <laughs> but um no, I think it's I think it's beautiful. I mean, what you're saying is resonating so much. I think yeah. virtual has taught me so much about presence and beauty and being with my desires and allowing myself to have desires and needs. And it's taught me so much about how to be with myself and be with my feelings and how to love myself more. I yeah, it all resonates so much. I love virtual. And I think it is it's like I was telling someone the other day that someone told me a few years ago that like, you know, once you're an adult, like every year is just kind of the same. And I thought that was like the saddest thing I had ever heard. And I was like, wow, I don't think that you're paying attention. You know, like, I don't think that you, if you really feel that way, I don't know if you're paying attention to like the seasons that are happening and like all the moments I feel like we can mark in ritual and all of the little internal changes and the ways that we grow and shift. And like, I don't know. I just thought that was so sad. And I think ritual is like meaning making and marking time and being with our changing selves in a way that feels really lovely and really rooted in the body and really rooted in like connection to to earth yeah and I don't know I think it like protects us to say that like Mm. you know to kind of not have very high expectations (laughs) um you know for so many many reasons it's actually really painful to like um have faith and like to hope for things Mm. like that's kind of what I've experienced and what I've noticed you know and what's with um and so like I think it takes a lot of like support and like resources to tap into that like um or to follow that kind of like impulse versus kind of put it away Um, yeah yeah it's vulnerable to hope and imagine and dream Mm -hmm. all those things it's really vulnerable yeah it is and like at the same time the more like with ritual like it's all about practice like it's a thing you don't just do one per se it's like yeah and I think that's something I've been learning more is like it's not about being perfect it's about just like practicing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and when you every time you do that you're like um communicating something to yourself or like to the world that um makes it easier 
and easier to believe. Like every time you do it, it's sort of like, um, I don't know if you think of all the like um, really shitty beliefs that we internalize because of that repetition. Like there's all these rituals that I think you're participating in that are like really damaging to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of like reversing that a little bit. To, like, you know, just keep practicing it, even if you don't believe it. Like I think that's kind of something I'm trying to lean into like oh yeah like you don't need to actually believe it (laughs) to do it like you just need to start saying it Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though it feels yeah like I don't know it doesn't feel true um probably until yeah a while and that's kind of like I don't know that's like reverse psychology on myself (laughs) yeah (laughs) do it (laughs) well I'm so curious about like when you do ritual, I'm thinking about how, like, when I first started getting into doing ritual, there were all these, like, rules that I picked up on about, like, when you're supposed to do it. Like, you should be doing ritual with, like, every moon phase and every astrological event ever and all that stuff. And I'm like, wow, what a weird pressure to put on something so sacred. And <laughs> now I just, like, do ritual when I feel moved to do ritual. And that feels like the perfect time. And it doesn't matter to me. I don't know. Like, I let many phases of the moon and many I don't know events pass without doing ritual and I just do it when I feel moved to do it and that is like what feels good to me so I guess I'm curious your thoughts and process around that yeah I feel like I've kind of experienced the same thing like I know (laughs) um yeah there's so many opportunities constantly for like (laughs) doing rituals it's like yeah the cycle the whatever's happening with the planets um yeah I've kind of been that boat like I feel like it's I've been really um yeah I mean the pandemic has been really hard in terms in some ways of like being just so uh drained energetically but it's like I don't have the energy to do <laughs> probably as much ritual as I mm-hmm. want to um but yeah I think that's really I think that's like a really nice thing it's like a really um caring way of like engaging with rituals following like yeah like checking in with yourself like what's your capacity like what feels right like that is you know foundational as well to some things like what feels good for you and also like yeah like trusting that like you know it's kind of like once you're in a ritual like I don't know there there are I guess there are certain like rules that are important I guess but also knowing that like it's also really important to follow like your your own compass like your own intuition in terms of what feels right um because I don't think it would work otherwise anyway if you forced yourself to like be like I gotta do this like ritual and like like the energy would just be off so I think like you know finding when you feel the most connected to that that clarity I think is is really important and like I got this little cauldron Mm -hmm. that I was really excited about and I would I was like writing like every day in my planner like hey rich like do the cauldron ritual do it 
Oh, yeah. Every day, like I kept like moving it, and then I kind of gave up. A, I didn't give up. I just was like, you know, like even if I force myself to do this today, like I don't think, uh, I don't. It's not the right vibe I'm going for. <laughs> you know, like forced um, <laughs> wishes or forced kind of like that pressure is. Yeah, I don't think that's what I want. And so, yeah, I'm kind of like leaning into that more, like having it be like this thing that I'd like to do kind of like floating in my calendar for the month maybe and mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to you know check in with like okay is this, does the day feel right to do that you know and, mm-hmm. and following that feeling instead yeah yeah I think that's such a practice of connecting into your body and what's feeling good and what your needs are and desires are. And ritual actually takes a lot of energy, I think. Um, I did a grief ritual with my partner on the winter solstice and it was just deeply intense. It was really powerful and it was felt really healing, but it was so intense. And afterwards I felt completely emotionally exhausted. Um, because it it really moved so much and brought up so much but it, like it really does take a lot of energy to be present and to be with your feelings and do a ritual in that way so I'm not doing it every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's sort of like you know there, there's like an element of like safety that you need to consider for yourself like mm-hmm. will I have time after to recover um mm-hmm. from this huge yeah this amount of energy that it takes to Mm-hmm. the ritual aftercare yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would love to talk a little bit more about somatics I think something I wanted to bring up is um so much of your work is about like somatics and collective liberation and connective healing or collective healing and I'm just wondering if there's anything you want to share about those connections and like what that means to you, what that work is like. Yeah, totally. Um, I was trying to think about it a, a bit more before chatting this morning. And I think it's just, I feel like for me, somatics are like getting, practicing, being mindful and present with your body in the moment is like this it's sort of like that time stopping kind of like dimension mm-hmm. of possibility um you know it's sort of that space of i guess like noticing like being sort of in between um like uh imaginative kind of space sort of like conceptual like vision visionary and then also this pretty grounded like on earth like I have a body I there's elements (laughs) surrounding me like I'm feeling them so it's kind of this place between between those two of like what what am I sitting with right now and like what am I longing for what am I dreaming of Mm. and that's kind of like one of the concepts behind um my practice like my holistic <laughs> healing practice, um, like Kayan solve and skills. Um, you know, it kind of is this place between like the sky and like a really rooted mountain. So mm-hmm. you're sort of, um, yeah, in this space where 
you under you can recognize like you know in terms of collectively how far we've come the immense like um, difficulty and like the oppression that we're sitting with and also the possibility of what lies beyond that as well um and you know that's like it's in our bodies like it's possible to be to open up kind of like those two I guess like channels of reality um doing that kind of mindfulness and um because it isn't just sensations like it's not just name like that's a really big part of it it's like naming the sensations like what is happening um but that's sort of more like an avenue to embody this larger um dimension of experience which is like holding both so it's not like turn your brain off get into your body like leave your body go into your mind it's sort of like okay like well like how can we embody both of these dimensions at the same time Mm -hmm. and have them dialogue with one another and I don't know to me it's like a really magical kind of space to be embodying um I don't know if that yeah if that makes sense like that dimension of possibility Mm -hmm. is where like transformation can happen Mm -hmm. um and it's like I don't know in terms of like western trauma theory like there's this concept called the window of tolerance and it makes me think of that a little bit where like um you know when you're out of when you're out of this window you're sort of in um, a survival mode so you're not necessarily um you know coming down like into safety you're settling back into a sense of embodiment it's sort of like you're out of your body but you're like surviving Mm -hmm. And only in only when you're able to be with both your mo- your body and your mind at the same time by like naming sensations happening in your body can you actually make a shift? Because um, we can't just shift right out of survival mode into feeling amazing. Like there mm-hmm. kind of has to be this um, middle ground that's actually really uncomfortable. Like I think that's another big piece in terms of somatics is like it is ultimately healing, but like in the meantime, it's like this like dimension is really painful because we're not disconnected from the pain. Uh, we're not numbing out, we're not running from it. It's like, we're really holding space for it. And that's kind of um, obviously like really like overwhelming. And that's kind of what we're practicing slowly, like, dipping our toes into practicing being with what is like totally intolerable um you know perhaps like less so when you have support like you know it's not something you can just do on your like I feel like it's really hard to do in your own like it's kind of what you know a lot of somatic therapists do or somatic practitioners is you know giving people that container that space to take that risk to step into these places that are really painful Mm -hmm. um and I think that yeah I think about that like a little bit like a parallel-ish kind of thing where it's like you kind of have to be with both your mind and your body in order to like to move forward because um yeah it's just a kind of doing this with my hand like uh well it's a space of like flow and shift versus like when you're out of that window or out of that dimension 
um, it's pretty rigid. Like it's really hard to break out of that. It's so it's protective. Like it's, it's there for a reason. So I think to me, like my big dream is like if everyone could learn to be in that dimension of transformation, then um, yeah, like these these systems that have been built based on like extreme fear mm-hmm. and terror and um, total like like not creating space at all to sit with uncertainty or to sit with not knowing something um, or being vulnerable, like asking for help versus like exploiting everyone in the world. <laughs> you know, like I think yeah. that's kind of, you know, it's, it's like scaled down when we do these things individually, but collectively, like um, I feel like these are like the missing skills of like, you know, obviously the, um, mostly the people who are like in positions of power. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of willingness, obviously. <laughs> you yeah. need you need that piece to mm-hmm. be able to do this. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that felt really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. It's making me think like that window practice of how we can like slowly take like one step into like you know like not go a whole mile in a moment like outside of what is our like somatic comfort zone but like take a little step and like rest there and be with that discomfort and in that transformative place and then like maybe there's another not like in a super linear way but maybe there's another wandering step into this like space and like how that feels and how it feels to sit with that and like growing that capacity um feels important yeah Yeah, it's actually really key to to the practices because if like yeah it's more it's more transformative or it's easier to integrate that shift like the fact that I was able to do that like whoa that's that's huge that's like different than the past but like um yeah like if it's huge it's kind of hard to like be like it's so shocking <laughs> what's happening. Mm-hmm. But if we're just like taking these like little steps and then stepping in and then stepping out and being and noticing like I can step in and out of these uncomfortable places, like it's actually kind of really empowering um, for us to experience that because I think a lot there's a lot of fear as well in terms of like if I. Um, you know, like step into these painful places, I won't ever be able to get out. Um, you know, I'll just, you know, be shot out of it. <laughs> or like, I'll be, yeah, I'll just like, I don't know, shut down. Like, I don't know, there's like so much that, um, yeah, we're not able to do. Um, but when, yeah, you kind of have to pull, you're able to kind of take that step and then step out and be like, yeah, like I can, you know, there's these new beliefs that can be integrated. Like I can protect myself. I have control. Um, I'm learning that I can have control over my own overwhelm, you know, Mm. and it doesn't have to be, again, kind of with the ritual thing. Like you don't have to be like, I need to heal myself. Like just, I should be able to sit with all these uncomfortable feelings and be okay with it. And it's like, no, let's, not what we want either (laughs) like no it's too much and that's not loving like that's actually yeah you have to like meet yourself where you're at 
Um, and I think, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> to me, learning that was kind of a relief. Like, it's nice to be like, yeah, like you can celebrate these small, like, quote unquote, like, steps. And you don't have to wait till you're, I don't know, feeling like 100% processed all my feelings to be like, yeah, I can celebrate that. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. celebrate like every single little thing <laughs> along the way yeah I feel like there's such a piece of acceptance around that like I've felt that in myself where like part of being like I'm learning that like even if I don't want to be where I am and I wish I was not triggered by this thing and I wish I wasn't having this whole experience like I just it's okay like that's just where I'm at and then from that place I can like be with that and move with that but I think part of it for me is just like working through the shame too of like being where I'm at and having the feelings I'm having so I can actually be where I am yeah yeah oh my gosh shame it's like (laughs) yeah it's so real like Mm -hmm. you know there's so much grief I think that goes with the shame as well like all the things I wish I'd I could have done or things I wish I did in those moments, you know, or mm-hmm. ongoing. And yeah, like it's important to notice how the shame is there for a reason as well, like to protect mm-hmm. us and um, like to protect us from rejection, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like when we're so down on ourselves, like we can't possibly feel worse sometimes (laughs) you know um but yeah getting to know that too Mm -hmm. like what that looks like for you what it feels like to to soften into that shame as well sometimes just like being feeling that sense of like sadness feeling defeated and Mm -hmm. just like hearing out what this what the shame has to say. I think hearing what the shame has to say has been so helpful for me. And I think the most helpful thing is just for me is like when I'll just get out my journal and just write every single thing that the shame voice is saying. And there's something about getting it out of my head and looking at it that I'm like, okay, I can totally honor that this is here and how I feel. And also like no like it's shame it's okay like it's shame it's not me it's not real and there's something about just like being able to honor what is actually there and look at that and be like wow okay and not just keep spinning it around in my head that feels so helpful and then from there I can like feel into something that might feel good to do and supportive around working with that yeah like externalizing it and then like containing it like having mm-hmm. a, a place for it but yeah it's like it's valuable enough that you write it down like it matters yeah it's like a place to pour the shame into so it's not like this like huge boundless like infinite thing and I'm like oh this is actually like let me make a space to to hold that because I don't want it to take up every inch of space in my body and in my life <laughs> totally yeah and I think it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, I've struggled a lot with shame. And, you know, a lot of the time 
in the past when it's come up, I just wanted to go away because it just feels so horrible. Um, yeah. But it just comes back much stronger. <laughs> if only there was a delete button. <laughs> and in different ways. Like, I feel like sometimes when I'm, yeah, there's like a shame, anger mix in that really <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's actually pretty common. Like, I feel like in the world, I, I see that um, mm-hmm. a lot. It's like, oh, it can just like the more you notice it, the more like it, it pops up, where you notice people who have who are having this really intense like ang- anger kind of reaction. Um, there's like, you can kind of feel like, oh, I see there's the shame kind of yeah. behind that. Um, like, I think that's why a lot of, you know, we don't learn how to work through conflict very well generally because it's just like there's obviously shame there like you know in terms of accountability and people are giving people either even like constructive criticism or something like that it just there's so much shame that comes up but instead of being like I feel ashamed (laughs) most people will be like we'll reject that they'll be defensive you know yeah Um, I think being able to see that in other people is such a compassion provoking thing or like empathy like it makes it so much easier to soften and not be defensive and be in conflict in a way that's like rooted in what my feelings are and what my needs are when I'm not like hardening against someone else's shame and can actually like see that for them too Um, it's not always like that but I think the, the more that I can like honor what we're all carrying the more it is like that yeah yeah, and it, it really de-escalates things. Yeah. Someone, I just interviewed Sonia Estelle, and I literally, like, I have this notepad next to me, and um, <laughs> something she said was, the best defense is to open up. And I'm like, that's, like, exactly what we're talking about here, too. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Because it can feel so, like, counterintuitive, like, to be, mm-hmm. yeah, to lean into openness or like to to soften when yeah you're feeling that kind of yeah something that's that's threatening that feels really intense um yeah I think that actually reminds me of um in terms of martial arts like um like the kind of like I train in uh martial arts called Wing Chun in the type of Kung Fu and uh, one of the principles is like, um, okay, wait, I can't, I don't remember what it is, but it, like, uh, I could describe, you know, basically you want to follow the energy and, and either, you know, move it through um, versus, you know, you don't want to resist force with force because it doesn't really work sometimes. And depending on, <laughs> depending on, um, it was developed, um, you know, the legend is that it was developed by a woman in to defend herself against like mm. this evil like lord who was trying to like force her to marry him. Um and she was trained by this other woman to like defend herself. Um anyway, so it's like if you meet force with force, like obviously the person who has maybe the most like muscle mass will like obviously overtake whoever's, you know, if you're pushing. But so like you know, we're like moving with that energy, like stepping away, 
you know, instead of being like, I will do this wall, it's like just angling a little bit away will um, basically, yeah, like, you know, you'll be out of the way and it, it feels like, you know, on the surface, like, oh, I'm opening or I'm um, sort of not being like um, strong because I'm kind of like doing the sort of flowing <laughs> kind of um, energy instead, but it, it it's like water, you know, like you're mm-hmm. moving with it. And, it, and it's like, if we all know, if we've ever, all, we've ever seen like, you know, an ocean, that's like very strong. Um, yeah. And I think, I don't know, I try to think about that a lot when I'm, yeah, feeling really, yeah, like in the situation, um, like how, how can you move with something that also feel connected to a sense of, I don't know, strength in terms of like that defense. Mm-hmm. This feels like a good moment coming off of that to ask you the last question I always ask on the show, which is what does living open mean to you? What comes up when you hear that? Yeah. Um, I feel like it makes me think a lot about being aligned with just all the parts of you, like all of them, like even like the ones we're ashamed of, the things that like we regret, the things that are really hard, um, like that openness, like, I don't know, I feel like that it's like, there's no one um, that we're like (laughs) kicking out. It's like all parts of me are Mm. um, part of this picture and finding ways to connect um, all these kind of different dimensions of ourselves in in a way that um, makes us feel more alive, I guess. Mm. I'm really just picturing like a wide open ocean kind of like a like a horizon and like that capacity to kind of hold that much complexity (laughs) I feel like that's kind of like the energy I get from yeah those words I love that thank you so much for sharing um everything (laughs) today can you tell people where they can find you and work with you online yeah so folks can um find me on my website it's kayanspellsandskills.com and i also have an instagram account under the same name and you know feel free to uh, drop me a line through my website and always email me um, even just like yeah anything comments feedback questions um, and there's more information about like the different ways that I work with folks and yeah I think that's it I'm you know also I'm hoping to launch a podcast <laughs> this year oh yay <laughs> <laughs> under the same name so it'd be Kyan Solving Skills podcast um, so there's a page there I guess you can um yeah, if you follow me, you'll get an update, I guess, when that when it happens, which is hopefully soonish. <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much. And it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore or Patreon until then.